Welcome to this episode of Mentors at Your Benchside, the podcast giving you advice, tips and tools for getting the most out of your research. I'm Jason Rogers and today I'll be talking to you about tips for your in-situ hybridisation success. Getting the best out of your in-situ hybridizations, or ISH, requires choosing the right protocol, deciding if sections or whole mount is better, using the right equipment, making fresh buffers, careful planning for all steps, optimising your probe concentration, and taking the time to get the development step right. The technique is complex, and there are many reasons it might not work, especially if it's your first time trying it. So I'm going to talk you through seven top tips for in-situ hybridization success. Number one, choose a valid protocol. If you're working on a model species, someone has likely done ISH on the same species and tissue as you. Check publications for a customized protocol and save yourself some unnecessary troubleshooting. If you need further guidance or want to ask a specific question, you can always email the corresponding author directly for insider tips. If you're working on a non-model species, you might need to find a protocol for something as similar as possible. Number two, dissection or not dissection. You should consider whether performing ISH is better on sections of tissue or the whole mount ISH, WMISH. This will very much depend on your sample. For example, if you're working on the ovaries of a zebrafish, you probably need sections. If you're working on a tiny sponge larvae, you might be able to just do ISH on the whole thing. No sectioning required. Number three, make sure you have the right equipment. To ensure you don't lose your samples, use slides with an adhesive coating, like Superfrost Plus coated slides, so your samples don't slide off when you put them in solution. Other essential items include a hydrophobic marker pen to localize the tissue on the slide, a special dart box to keep your slides in during the protocol, and some flexible cover slips to stop liquid from evaporating off the slides when you incubate them overnight. Number four, make fresh in-situ hybridization buffers. It's normal to need a bunch of chemicals and buffers, but the real kicker here is that you need almost all of them fresh on the day you use them. Some of them you might need to autoclave before use or have on a magnetic stirrer for a while, so make sure you allow plenty of time for this. Every buffer you use also needs to be RNAs free, so before you make everything else, you need to make or buy RNAs free, DEPC treated, water first. You'll need a lot of it, so make a big batch, somewhere around 2 litres. Make sure you have enough of each solution too. As a general rule, you'll need somewhere between 200 and 500 microliters per site per treatment to cover all the sections in solution. Number 5. Think long term. Your protocol may have conveniently left out the fact that it will take a minimum of 3 days to get through this in-situ hybridization step alone. And that's not including all the sample prep, sectioning and making chemicals beforehand, or the colour development, post-treatments and taking photos afterwards. Take this warning, start on a Monday so you don't end up stuck in a lab all weekend. Remember that for most of these 3-5 to five days you'll be constantly doing 5, 10 or 20 minute washes, so you can't really leave the lab for very long to eat or drink. So make sure you keep some water and some snacks on hand. Number 6. Check your probes. Probe concentration is important. As a rule of thumb, a highly expressed gene can be detected with concentrations as low as 10 to 50 nanograms per milliliter of hybridization buffer. If the gene of interest has low expression, you should up the concentration to somewhere near 500 nanograms per milliliter. If you have no idea about the relative expression, you can try 200 to 250 nanograms per milliliter and see what happens. If it doesn't work, 
Increase the concentration next time. Number 7. Get the in-situ hybridisation pictures. The colour development step can vary a lot. It could take just 30 minutes, check regularly, or it could take several hours. If you've been checking every 30 minutes for several hours and nothing happens, you might need to just cross your fingers and leave it overnight. Generally, it's safer to leave the samples in the fridge if that's the case, as this will slow the process down. You don't want the colour to overdevelop because everything will just be a purple mess. Once you have a good amount of signal, you need to stop the reaction, then dehydrate and mount your slides with cover slips. Take the pictures ASAP, just in case they fade or someone accidentally chucks them in the bin. So that's it for 7 top tips for in-situ hybridisation success. Check out the episode description for links to related articles and resources, and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast to get more help and advice from mentors at your bench site. Are you always on the go, but still seeking valuable insights to advance your research? Well, look no further than Listen In, the podcast from Bite Size Bio that offers the benefits of webinars in a portable format. With webinars featuring leading researchers and commercial specialists discussing techniques like CRISPR-Cas9 and microscopy. With Listen In, you can tap into their expertise and drive your research project forward efficiently and productively, no matter where you are. Visit bitesizebio.com forward slash podcasts or search for Listen In in your podcast app to subscribe.